Hello, I'm Iris Nichols and welcome to the programme. Arthritis Week starts on April the 1st this year and it's an opportunity for us to learn more about a disease that affects people the world over. With me in the studio today to tell us about the condition and its effect on the body, I have with me consultant physician for rheumatology, Dr John Vanderkellen. Dr Vanderkellen, thank you for coming in and joining me. Hello, pleasure. Exactly what is arthritis? Well, arthritis is technically inflammation of the joints or the of uh, you know your sore joints, um, but not always is there inflammation in the joints to to give you symptoms. So really, any any pain that you're having in joints would be classed as arthritis. Uh, does it affect all joints? No, no, it can pick out one joint or it can affect many joints and it really depends on which disease uh, we're talking about as to um, which joints are affected. How common is it? Well, it's very common actually and um, they've done a number of uh, studies where they've looked at how many people are affected and some say up to 5 million people in Australia have some form of arthritis but this doesn't mean that they have arthritis all the time. Um, there's probably 15% of the population will have a chronic form of arthritis. And the rest it just comes and goes according yeah, to what they're right. doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is it generally associated with ageing or does it occur in young people too? Well, there's some element uh, associated with ageing, um, but again, it depends which disease we're talking about. So, um, for instance, with osteoarthritis, um, that's more prevalent or more common in people who are older, whereas uh, conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis or other forms of inflammatory arthritis can occur across all age groups. For the layperson, how would you recognise whether you've got osteo or rheumatoid arthritis? Um, rheumatoid arthritis is the classic inflammatory arthritis and by inflammatory arthritis we mean conditions where there's lots of swelling, um, heat, redness over the joints um, and usually when you've got a lot of inflammation like that then you get a lot of morning stiffness and sometimes this stiffness can really last for hours uh, before people can really get going for the day as opposed to osteoarthritis which is more a sort of wear and tear arthritis we, we'd call it and this is when you can get some inflammation, so sometimes uh, you get some stiffness associated with it, but it tends not to last for you know more than half an hour or so in the mornings. Um, and then it's good for the rest of the day and until towards the end of the day when you know your knee starts hurting or your ankle starts hurting or your hip, etc. So if you're sitting for a long time and then you get up and you say, oh, my knee's sore or my mm. ankle or whatever, mm. Which type of is that? That tends to be more the wear and tear type arthritis. Mm. So more osteoarthritis mm. tends to do that. Arthritis, is it something that creeps up on you? Obviously the wear and tear one does, but what about rheumatoid arthritis? Does it appear suddenly as the result of something else happening in your life, another mm. disease? Mm. Or um, does it sort of gradually come on? Well, it, it, again, it's variable. The mon minority of patients will have this explosive start to their rheumatoid arthritis where, you know, literally over a couple of days they can get this swelling and stiffness uh, in the joints, uh, which is associated with lots of pain. Um, but that's only about 10% of people who develop rheumatoid arthritis. And most of the others will develop over a period of a number of months. And technically, you really need to have this inflammation for at least six weeks before you would really be confident about a diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. If someone went for an x-ray of their arm for mm -hmm. whatever reason and the radiologist says, oh, look, they've got signs of arthritis coming in your thumb, mm. is that something that you can actually see enough 
to warn the patient is going to happen, or is it just that it's already there but not painful? Okay. Yeah, well, it's funny with x-rays because sometimes you can see x-rays that look really quite nasty, um, but the patient has very little symptoms from them. Um, and similarly, other times uh, the x-rays can look only mild, like with mild changes, and people get a lot of pain from them. So the x-rays don't always correlate very well with your symptoms. Um, however, with things like rheumatoid arthritis, if they can see changes on x-ray of those, then then that's more likely to be associated with symptoms. Does arthritis run in families? To some extent, yeah. Um, certainly osteoarthritis is a strong genetic component there, and there's a lot of research going on looking at those uh, genetic components which are uh, factors in the development of arthritis. Rheumatoid arthritis, there is also a familial component, but to some extent it's less uh, strong. Probably 1% of the population will have rheumatoid arthritis. But if you have a first-degree relative, so, you know, mother or, or a sibling, um, then that risk doubles. But in absolute terms, that's still only 2%. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily follow that because my mum and dad had arthritis that, that I will get it? No, not necessarily. No. No. Osteoarthritis, you know, that's the the classic one is you see in people's hands the the, the joints that are just above the fingernails, uh, then they get that bony sort of hard swelling, yeah. yeah. And sometimes that also affects the joints that are a bit further closer to the wrist as well. And that bony sort of arthritis is is has quite a strong familial component. While in itself it's not necessarily painful. If you knock it or bump it, mm. it sure is. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So I guess it mm. does, make, does make the patient a bit more wary of things they do. Yes, yeah. oh, yeah. Is there a cure or is it a matter of maintenance? There is no cure, yes. There is definitely things that can be done to help with the symptoms and there is things that can be done that can slow the progress of the disease. Yeah. The closest thing we've come to a cure is some recent medications that have that have become available with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, and this is this inflammatory arthritis as opposed to the osteoarthritis. Mm. With osteoarthritis, there's no cure, um, but there's a lot of people sort of working on it and looking for ways to really slow the progress of this condition. But yeah, there's a whole list of things that can be done to try and um, improve those symptoms. What are usually the first symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis? It's really this morning stiffness that people mm. really notice to start with. Yeah, and it sort of creeps up over a matter of a few weeks normally. Um, and they just find it difficult to get going in the, in the morning. And often, you know, the normal people get up and do things normally in the morning, but they just start finding the mornings a real struggle. And sometimes that goes, you know, right up until lunchtime. Um, and it's not until the afternoon where they feel they can go out and do normal things, mm. you know. That's what the patient feels to start with. But as far as their hands are concerned, which is where it affects patients 90% of the time, they get swelling across the knuckles and, and in the wrists uh, most commonly. Is this the one that's often seen in, in elderly people where their hands become quite disfigured and bent? Yes. Yeah. So rheumatoid arthritis is an aggressive arthritis, you know, mm. and it can cause the fingers to move out to the mm. side um, when that process has been going on for years, mm. you know. So that sort of thing doesn't happen overnight. But with inflammation, then you get damage to the joints. And once that damage is done, then the, it's irreversible, essentially. Mm. Mm. On wellbeing today, our topic is arthritis, and I'm talking to Dr. John van der Kallen. Perhaps we can go back to an earlier question 
about arthritis affecting children and young adults, of course. Mm -hmm. Is it known what percentage of the younger population is affected? Um, well, it's hard to get good figures about this, but it's in the order of about um, 200 per million uh, children. So that's uh, kids less than mm. 18 years old. Mm. Um, and with that, I'm talking about inflammatory sort of arthritis. So that's the rheumatoid arthritis equivalent that, that occurs in, in children. So it's thought to be about 200 per million. So not very common, much less common than rheumatoid arthritis uh, per se. Um, but, yeah, mm. significant. And um, what would be the youngest patient that's known? Little? That's known. Um, mm. Less than a year. As young as that? Yes. Um, I've personally had a patient who's been two years old, for instance. Um, yeah, but fortunately that was uh, not a severe arthritis mm. that this child had. But, um, but it can be quite nasty uh, in, mm. in children and, uh, and, uh, and they get the same symptoms, you know. But often because they're kids, you know, people aren't attuned to it uh, initially and they get the same things with the morning stiffness, you know. The difficulty is when they don't walk yet, you know, and you don't yeah. notice that they're not actually yeah. mobilising uh, very much. But, uh, you know, if they're uh, five or six years old, then, they'll f you know, the child might not want to go and do their normal sport or they have difficulties getting to school, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they, they, they can't make a fist in the morning because their joints are so stiff. Is this because they've been in, in bed and the joints have been basically immobile for that time? That makes them stiff in yeah, the morning? Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, that's what it's felt to be due to, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then once you get, uh, you know, the um, blood flowing through the through mm. the, the region and things, then the, the stiffness uh, improves. Mm. Can it be improved by simply immersing the the hands, if it's in the hands, mm. into warm water or, or hot water? Mm, Does that yeah, help? a lot of people do that, yeah. yeah. And they do that with osteoarthritis as well, mm. you know. And some people would say, well, it's not until I've had a hot shower in the morning that everything sort of loosens up. And get and, going. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it yeah. can get going yeah. again. Does it affect boys or girls mostly? Um, I'm not sure of a sex difference um, in kids. Yeah, I think it's pretty equal actually. Okay. Yeah. And they usually usually have rheumatoid arthritis. Well, it's technically not called rheumatoid yeah. arthritis. It's called an inflammatory arthritis, and uh, and that can become more differentiated later um, in life. So it's almost as if there are three types with osteo-rheumatoid and inflammatory, mm. and the inflammatory is, the, is for the youngsters. Yes. Mm. Um, osteoarthritis is f very uncommon in children, mm. you know. I guess because the, the older you get, the more wear and tear you get and, and trigger it yeah, off. Yeah, it's related yeah. to that, yeah. yeah. How would a parent know if their child was developing arthritis rather than just complaining they feel sore after a day at school and, uh -huh. um, and tired? Well, the classic uh, description of arthritis in children was uh, from a doctor in England, uh, Professor Still, and it was Still's disease is what they called it. And the classic description was with fevers and, and sweats um, and they'd get an associated arthritis and, and, and a rash. Um, so, you know, it, that can look sometimes just like a viral illness, but mm. if it's really persisting, um, then, then that's uh, often this is a juvenile arthritis. Mm. So it's not just the stiffness, they get a rash and, and run a temperature? Yeah, can do, can yeah. do when it's very uh, uh, active. Yeah. Mm. And does it eventually go away for the children and then perhaps recur when they're grown up? Probably 50% of the arthritis, inflammatory arthritis mm. in children affects just one joint um, and that can usually be treated reasonably well. Uh, the other 50 will have a number of joints affected 
again, with the treatments uh, that are available, most of those will come under control, mm. you know. Um, it just, you know, the different uh, children obviously need different amounts of treatment. Um, but, yeah, usually you can get it under control. Mm. And are they more likely to have problems later in life than the average child? Well, a lot of it, a lot of that data is sort of based on uh, things that happened 20 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the treatments that were available then are very different to, to nowadays. But based on the children who had arthritis, say, you know, 10 to 20 years ago, they did have some disruption in their growth, and sometimes they would get secondary osteoarthritis due to the um, damage that they've had in their joints previously. Um, with the newer treatments available, we just don't know yet, you know. But theoretically, if you can control all that inflammation, then really um, the joint damage is going to be minimised and hopefully they'll be, uh, you know, normal when they're in their 20s. Mm. Mm. What sort of steps should the parents take to make sure that their child isn't developing arthritis? Start with the GP? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's nice to try and localise if it is one particular joint area that's causing the problem. Um, and then, you know, the GP can focus on that particular mm. part, you know, obviously ask the children if there's a, if there's a, a particular spot that's, uh, that's sore or, or painful. Mm. Yeah. And I guess if they're really little, it's just a matter of putting your hand or your finger on that particular spot and watch for the kid to jump. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. Is the overall treatment for both osteo and rheumatoid arthritis the same? No. There are specific medications that uh, rheumatoid arthritis and those other inflammatory arthritises um, need to, ke- to get under control. Mm. Um, with osteoarthritis, uh, you don't need those, those same medications. Yeah. But is it treatable or do you just sort of keep them comfortable if they get to the stage where you know, the knees are really sore and the hands get very sore? Mm-hmm. Well, if we say talk about rheumatoid arthritis first, um, the idea with the treatment there is to control this inflammation because it's this inflammation that causes the joint damage. Mm. So there's a list of medications that can do that and um, and they can really stop the joint damage from occurring. But they are medications that you need to take every day um, or once a week mm. um, for years, you know. Mm. Um, but it's clearly been shown that if you take those medications that your joint damage can really be minimised um, and that will stop you from getting the debility and, you know, those deformities that we talked about mm. previously. Mm. Yeah, well, we hope that maybe we'll be able to prevent a lot of that in the future. Research is looking good. Yeah, well, there's new medications out uh, that are fantastic, actually. They've really uh, revolutionised the treatment of rheumatoid arthritis. You know, um, a lot of those those elderly hands that you see that have mm. deformities, well, in when their disease was really very active, there was very little that was available to try and treat it. You know, most people would have heard of cortisone or prednisone, and when that came out, they thought it was the cure for arthritis, mm. you know. And to some extent, it did stop all this inflammation and pain, but, you know, it's, it was a bit of a two-edged sword because it's got its own complications and problems. So we still use it nowadays because it is fantastic at controlling that inflammation, but we use it really in short bursts to try and get things under control so that these other medications will, will stop the joint damage from happening. At what stage does a patient go to see somebody like yourself? They've been to see the GP, not getting any better. At what stage in their condition do they end up coming to see a consultant? Okay. Well, it's usually when they're not getting under control with relatively simple means. Yeah. So say the patient who's got osteoarthritis of their knee, um, 
you know, you would normally try with some paracetamol to start with to see if that controlled mm-hmm. the pain. And sometimes people would uh, just use the paracetamol towards the end of the day, for instance, because that's when it's most likely to be sore. Um, if the paracetamol regularly wasn't controlling the pain, then they might try an anti-inflammatory cortisone injections, which can work really very well. Um, and all those other things to try and keep yourself well. And I guess to some extent the more exercise and movement is probably better than saying, oh, my knees are too sore to go anywhere. Yeah, that is true. Mm. Yep. And uh, they've done some good studies that showed that people who continue to exercise uh, uh, require less medications and have less joint damage uh, from their arthritis. And the, probably the reason for that is that the, it helps improve the muscle strength And if your muscles are strong, particularly your thigh muscles, well, it really protects joints like your knees. Um, And it also helps keep a bit of weight off. So obviously, if you're not putting so much weight through these joints, then they're not going to be as uh, sore. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and I'm talking to Dr. John Vanderkallen about arthritis. Dr. Vanderkallen, we mentioned exercise and things. How good is going for physiotherapy and those types of things types of exercises how good are they for osteoarthritis well for knees that i mentioned before it's really important Mm -hmm. Uh, the knee is really a relatively unstable joint you know you're um, sort of perched on the top of of both your knees and there's a number of muscles and ligaments trying to hold it all together but when you get weakness in the thigh muscles in particular then the knee becomes much more unstable and if you've got a lot of that movement then the arthritis can actually progress quite uh, quickly you know, so the physiotherapy um, is great for that for those sort of uh, exercises that can strengthen up those muscles. Does arthritis only occur in joints like knees, hands, elbows, ankles, or does it affect the spine as well? So the spine's complicated. <laughs> um, in the spine, there's uh, bones and there's a disc in between each of those bones, and those bones are joined by little joints at the back. So you can get arthritis to joints uh, in those little joints, but you can also get pain in your back from the disc itself, uh, from the ligaments that surround the disc, from the muscles that attach around the spine as well. So it's a bit more complicated, but certainly it can, it can affect the yeah. spine. Yeah. Why is it when people end up with osteo, particularly in their hands, that they lose the strength to open jars and... and mm open doors all those sorts of things is it simply because the the muscle around the joint is not working properly um there's an element of that the muscle itself is okay but i think because you get less movement then you you lose a lot of your strength you know and similarly when the arthritis affects the uh, affects those joints you're not able to make such a tight grip you know the joint Mm -hmm. just does physically doesn't bend as far as um as it did previously. So then it does make uh, fine movements in particular very Mm. difficult. Does it also affect the ability to feel, you know, the sense of touch? Not really, no, no. But there's an associated condition that commonly affects the hands called carpal tunnel, which you probably Mm. would have heard of, and that will affect the sensation. So, again, sometimes if people have bad arthritis in their wrist, it can give you carpal tunnel, and then you will get sensory symptoms associated with Mm. that. Yeah, but generally it doesn't affect the nerves. Mm. No. Carpal tunnel in itself is fairly easy to fix, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> sometimes an anti-inflammatory in a splint is sufficient, mm. but uh, often people go and have surgery for it as well. Mm. If a person goes, decides they, or the doctor decides they need to go for physio, can the patient go of their own volition or do they need a referral from a doctor or from the specialist? 
Um, no, you can just go to a physio. Yeah, um, and in fact, a lot of people who have sporting injuries in particular, they'll go just straight to the physio. Uh, there's a new um, payment system that's come through the PBS, uh, I think it's just over the last year or so. Anyone, I think anyone, I don't think you have to be on a pension, can get five treatments through uh, a physiotherapy that's paid for by the PBS. Um, so that's been a good initiative. Mm-hmm. And similarly, you can go and see, you know, dietitians and psychologists and, uh, and lots of uh, occupational mm-hmm. therapists um, uh, under the same scheme, um, which has been a great, great uh, initiative, yeah. actually. Once yeah. upon a time, it was so expensive that you end, if you were, particularly if you were on a pension, that you tended to go everywhere else except to a physio. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even yeah, though you knew right. that it was perhaps of, of benefit. Yeah. What sort of self-help groups do you usually find around around the countryside? And, you know, we'll sort of start with Newcastle as an example. There are self-help groups, mm-hmm. and how would people get into to find out about them? Okay. Um, well, in the Newcastle area, there's, there's, a, there's a number of local um, arthritis groups. There's one at Maitland. There's one in um, at Charlestown. Um, they're often advertising in the uh, local papers. They're also uh, available on the on the net. Yeah, so Arthritis Australia um, can give uh, information about how to contact those. There's also more specific uh, groups such as um, you know with fibromyalgia. Um, they they there is also some self help groups uh, with specific conditions. If we spread that a bit further and go say to country towns, where would be the first place someone would look? Would it, would they go through the yellow pages? I'm not sure if they've been the yellow papers. Uh, I would imagine in the local paper would be the most likely place mm. to find uh, something. Um, probably a lot of the GP surgery should know about them as well. Uh, it really depends on the size of the, of the town the and town. how enthusiastic <laughs> the people are for <laughs> running these, uh, these uh, yeah. groups, you know. Yeah. When they get into the groups, do they share their experiences or do they actually... I was thinking about a local one. Do they share their experiences or do they wait until the somebody comes along as a guest speaker and we'll give them advice and oh, they dietitians usually do and things. quite a few different things yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know they often organize uh, a speaker to come and talk about particular subjects dietitians physios mm-hmm. um, uh, they will or, you know people also talk about their own experiences uh, share a few you know ideas about what can help with uh, various problems mm-hmm. yeah. how important is diet in controlling or even helping to prevent arthritis? Yeah, diet's really interesting. Um, um, I think uh, there is some pretty good evidence about the omega-3 fish oils, um, as well as antioxidants, as as far as uh, helping with inflammation. Uh, Whether it actually stops the progress of arthritis uh, is another matter. Um, And I think eating uh, good, sensible diets is also very important. Um, and this will also then reflect on your weight and, and how much weight mm. you're putting on. So um, really, I, I think, uh, you know, they say lots of fresh f- fruit and vegetables and often the brightly coloured ones apparently mm. have more as far as antioxidants and, and things are concerned. Um, so it plays a really major role, I think. I guess it's a lot of it is following advice and finding out for yourself which sort of treatment suits you. Mm. Suits, suits the individual. Mm. So whether diet makes a difference or exercise or, or mm. whatever. 
Well, I think diet and exercise are always very important, and it's not just from an arthritis point of view, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, those that regularly exercise have, um, you know, tend to have better blood sugar control and bl- better blood pressure, and uh, it's equivalent even to taking a medication, you know, doing regular exercise. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really got lots of good health benefits. Um, and it really depends on what condition you're treating. So I think if you're developing pain in a joint or swelling in a joint, then the first thing is really to see a GP and, and see, you know, what exactly is causing that arthritis. Um, and then you can sort of uh, specifically treat that uh, as it's needed. There's a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, about not having the strength to open doors and, and mm, cans mm. and bottles and things. Where would that sort of person go to look for help for um, tools to help them? I know mm. that there are uh, handles that go on taps which make it mm. easier to turn taps on. Yes. Where would they go to find those? Um, well, there's a couple of places in Newcastle that have those sort of devices. Um, there, a lot of the chemists uh, have those sort of things as well. Um, it depends. If you're outside the Newcastle area, it really depends probably the chemists are going to be the most likely ones that are going to have some of those things. Mm. Um, I think on uh, the Arthritis Australia website there is also a section with those, and and I'm not sure if you can order them, but I suspect you might be able to, actually. Mm. And, of course, that website is simply www.arthritisaustralia, isn't it? That's right. As one word. Yep. Consultant physician for arthritis, Dr John Vandercallen, has been my guest today. Thank you so much for coming in. It's been really great having you here. Oh, thank you. I look forward to being able to talk to you, hopefully in the not-too-distant future, mm. about something that's probably related but not quite. Mm. Until then, thank you very much. Thank you. Dr John Vanderkellen, Consultant Physician for Rheumatology. I'll be back again next week. And until then, this is Iris Nichols on behalf of all of us here thanking you for listening and we wish you well. <laughs>